welcome to the What I Wish podcast. My name is Nkechi Aguenu. I chit chat with other women in my life about childhood experiences and how they shape us as adults. We also dive into other relationships like marriage, parenting, and navigating male-female relationships. I hope you enjoyed the conversations. Thank you for joining us again today. We have another wonderful guest joining us. Jillian, could you please go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Jillian. Uh, I'm a mom of uh, two young spirited girls. Um, so I'm a stay-at-home mom. I live in New Jersey and um, I'm also a, a life coach for moms. Um, and yeah. I enjoy being home with my kids and um, we have, you know, fun things that we do together, being able to expand our horizons together. And I'm really uh, honored for that uh, you are uh, hosting me here. Um, So the way I found you was on Facebook and you had a post or something. I saw something in relation to um, moms not forgetting themselves just because they become mothers and that was of such interest to me so you are a stay-at-home mom didn't know that yes what did you do before you became a stay-at-home mom um i had a, a pretty interesting career path um i started as an adjunct professor of sociology and then i moved on to teaching esl and um, efl in europe um, and then I moved on to project management in the uh, healthcare communications field. And from there, I became a stay-at-home mom. Wow. And was it an easy choice becoming a stay-at-home mom or what was the pathway to that? The pathway to that, it was kind of like a long-term plan where I, my mother was a stay-at-home mom, and so it was kind of always in the back of my mind. But, you know, I also had this incredible career, um, and I was progressing really, really quickly, um, and I had a great trajectory. But when I actually became a mom, that's when that decision becomes exceptionally difficult because you're just, you're thrust into, what am I going to do? Um, and so I went back to work for a, about a month, just to make sure that being a stay-at-home mom would be the right thing. Like I had to know if I had stayed, if I left my job right after maternity leave, I would have always asked, what if, what if I did go back, would that have been the right thing to do? So I did go back. Um, and within about a week, I knew that it was the right decision to make. And so I stayed for a month and as difficult as it was, it was definitely the right decision. Okay. What does a life coach for moms do? And how did that come about? So from my perspective, what my focus on it focus is really on is we do go through this identity crisis almost after we become a mom and there's a, a decent amount of support in the beginning. I'm not going to say an incredible amount of support, but cause it could always be better, but you have support in the beginning, but as time goes on, um, those support systems fall away. People kind of look at you as, okay, you know what you're doing. And it's almost like the further you get into it and the less hands-on the support is, the more you really need it. Um, and the more yeah. you realize, Hey, who am I now? You know, now that I've gotten through the, the, the phase of, you know, 
my kid, my baby is up all night. Like once you've gotten out of that haze of the, the infanthood, then you're like, who am I? What's going on? And you kind of have to reinvent yourself or rediscover yourself, however you want to do it. Um, and so that's what my focus is on is helping moms get back in touch with who they are outside of motherhood. We're still that person that we were before, or we've changed enough that we're a new person and we need to get to know who that person is, but we're not just a mom. And I want right. to normalize that, that we can be more than a mom and it's not a selfish thing. Um, right. so how I got into it, I, I experienced it, you know, I, I became a stay at home mom and everything that I had had before changed. I, I didn't even have a, a workforce to go back to coworkers to talk to throughout the day. And it really forced me to figure out who am I now? What are my, my goals? Yeah. What are my values? What, who is this person? Am I the same? Am I different? Um, and so once I went through that and then I heard other moms talking about the struggle of experiencing that loss of identity or, you know, loss of time for themselves, I said, you know what, I, I've been through this, I've come out on the other side, um, and I can help. What do you find that your client's, um, biggest struggle is finding and finding a balance? I think the thing I hear the most is guilt. There's this in like ingrained sense of guilt for taking any amount of time for yourself, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of it is societal. It comes from the outside and we internalize that and we say, I'm not a good enough mom. If I'm not spending all of my time on my kids, if I'm leaving them with somebody else to take care of me for a little while, like there's just this sense of guilt. And that is, I think the most difficult thing because it is internal, you know, like I do work with people yeah. on like building routines and time management, you know, and there are communication skills that we work on too. But the hardest one is really that internalized guilt because it is on the inside. You can't see it. And it, I think, takes a little bit longer to see the progress in breaking through that guilt. Okay. And how do you help them break through that guilt? There's a lot of self-reflection. Where does the guilt come from? Yeah. Kind of looking at who your um, role models of parenthood were, what your experience was. So there's a lot of reflection going back and then trying to piece together what your beliefs on parenthood, like where they come from. And if that's what you truly do believe. And a lot of times when you break through that part of where these beliefs came from, you can start to find where the guilt comes from and work past it, you know? Um, yeah. So it is a lot of like internal work. Okay, got it. Um, who is your mom inspiration? <laughs> um, it's my mom. My mom is just like, I find that I'm doing so much that she did because I appreciate what my childhood was so much. Um, and you know, when yeah. you're an adult and you look back and you realize what life was really like, um, my mom and dad, like my, they're wonderful parents together. They're still together 40 years. Like they really, they were able to, um, be the model 
that I now can look back and appreciate. Of course, I couldn't appreciate it when I was like 10 or 18 even. Right. Um, but now that I'm a mom and I see what they did, you know, when it came to my mom being at home and making our life as fun as possible, despite being a one income family and, you know, not having all of the opportunities that maybe other people had, we still had this, this wonderful childhood. My sisters and I all always want to go home for the holidays. We want to spend as much time together. Like they created, and my mom really like, she created this, this home. Like it was never just a house. It was truly a home. Yeah. I understand that. Um, so when I had my, well, till this day, I struggle with mom guilt. I, I do all the time. So my kids are seven and 10 and I still struggle with it. Like it's, it's extremely important to me that I spend all of my time with my kids and that's not possible. Um, so I, I, I try everything I can to not fill up my life with my own personal stuff, but just to make sure that my kids will always have me available. But what I realize is they're getting older. Like my son is so busy um, with his sports. Um, and I, I think it was my husband or someone said to me, you know, at some point they're going to grow up and leave you. And what are you going to do? How do you manage that? Like, I still feel like I have a pretty well-balanced life. I still do the things that are important to me. Not as much. Mm -hmm. I, I do still sacrifice my needs to meet theirs. How do you break that? So right now my kids are younger. And some of the times when I am feeling guilty, I think it, it might be a little easier because they're with me more. And Yeah. Right? So for those parents that I work with who their kids are at school all day and they have sports in order to, to find that balance and feel less guilty about it, some of the things that I talk about are um, picking an activity to do together okay. so that you can both benefit from it and still get what you both need out of it. And so, for example, um, I, I speak of it in terms of self-care, say. So okay. say you want to exercise and you have a favorite exercise that you do and your son is in sports, there may be a time that you can come together and you can exercise together. And so you can like kind of quote unquote, fill your cup. If that's what you're feeling okay. that you need, where you're still spending that time together and able to bond through that experience. So okay. sometimes, sometimes it is very difficult. Um, especially if you have either like more children or children who are older and all over the place, but sometimes it's finding activities that you both enjoy and spending that time together where you feel like your cup has been filled, but you've also spent this valuable time together. Is there anything that you had to learn on your own that you wish someone had taught you when you were growing up? So I wish that I had learned more specific conflict resolution skills and communication skills with my partner. Um, because as we're going through this journey together, it's so essential that you're on the same page. 
Right. You know, if you are a mom who feels a loss of identity and you need to take some time to reconnect with yourself, you're going to need the support of your partner and you have to really be on the same page or at least able to communicate those needs to each other. Mm -hmm. And that's something as much as I'm a life coach for moms, there is the involvement of the partner. Like it's, you have to work together. And so just give, if I had tools more, I learned a lot of that on my own. Um, Okay. Yeah. I I would have liked to have learned that. So more tools to prepare for marriage. Okay. And then what is the one thing that you, well, the most important lesson that your mom taught you to play she was always playing with us she would get activities that we could all do together um i am 11 years older than my youngest sibling and we still she was able to find ways to get us all engaged with each other she would get down on the floor and play with us she would buy activity books where there uh there was an activity of like an adult level on one side of the book and a children's level on the other side of the book and we'd sit across the table from each other and do them together yeah um yeah she taught me how to play and now i play with my kids all the time yeah at what age did that or how did that transition from like age to age because i was away with my daughter this past weekend and her complaint was that i don't play enough with her because i wouldn't get in the pool because it was cold and she missed her brother because he would play with her so how did that transition because when they were younger yeah i would play and have activities and whatever they wanted to do but they're older now so what was the transition like how did she continue to do that as you guys got older um i guess my most vivid memory of like a progression that i could see is board games and like family game nights uh we played a lot of monopoly um, and then as we got older, there was a little more of like, we love, it's amazing. We love I Monopoly. Mean, they have a version for everybody. <laughs> Do you have, cause my son loves Fortnite. We have the Fortnite oh, Monopoly. I don't, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, but it's the most confusing <laughs> monopoly game that we that i have and we have four different versions because we love monopoly but sorry That's continue <laughs> um but i mean and it's still popular today right like i could go play monopoly with her now um and then that would move on to say a game like categories where you're more sitting and like you're very you have to think quick on your feet and um and then and even now like we'll play trivial pursuit and things like that um we would play apples to apples and now it's um Oh, what's the what's the bad version of that one but the awesome version <laughs> i forget i don't know i these these games you're naming i don't know what categories is but i'm going to find out i feel like my son would it's love that so fun. <laughs> um i'm gonna look for that so how how then does your childhood experience translate to your life as a mom um in some ways i'm a little surprised that i am a stay-at-home mom just given you know how different life is now with what college was like you know how much it cost college loans there were i kind of went through a phase where i didn't (laughs) expect to be able to do this um so i'm a little 
I feel like it's more similar right now than I would have expected when I was in my early to mid twenties. Um, and because I'm a stay at home mom, I'm able to tap back into a lot of that experience when I was home. But I think there are a few other, like there are ways that it differs too, because I tried to learn from that experience. Um, but another thing I guess that does translate is I do remember my mom um, working from home at times. She was um, an editor of scientific journals. So oh, wow. she, I remember looking through them. I'm like, this stuff's gross. Um, but she would edit them. You know, she'd get them in the mail. She'd edit them and send them back. And so I think that kind of gave me a little bit of the the platform or the um, the boost to think, okay, I'm home, but maybe there's a way that I can contribute too, because she was doing that. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. What, um, so you have a boy and a girl? I have two little girls. They're about two years apart, almost to the day. <laughs> two little girls. So um, what lessons do you hope your daughters will take from you? Oh, there's so much I would like to impart on them. Um, and I know that most of it has to be through my actions. <laughs> so that is, I, I want them to always not know who they are, but know that they deserve to be looking for that. You know, like you'll go through phases where you don't okay. know who you are. Like, I don't think I knew who I was in college, yeah. but I spent a lot of time trying to figure that out, you know, and Yes. And it happened again when I became a mom and it, I don't feel selfish going through the, the self-reflection phase or, you know, even like practicing self-care right now, because I want them to see that I, I have this innate like respect for myself because I want they, I want them to have that for right. themselves that, you know, just because you become right. a mom doesn't mean that you're not somebody anymore. Um, and I really, right. I, I just want them to be confident in who they are. It's very easy, I think, to get swayed, yeah. you know, especially now. I think it's harder now. It could be harder now. I won't say I think it is, but it could be harder now to figure out who you are because there are so many more voices. Like when I was younger, there was no social media. And so you're not getting some of those influences. Yep. And there are many, many benefits yep. to social media. But it also does make it a little difficult to try and instill confidence in who you are if you have all of these influences. And and so I hope to be able to impart a sense of confidence because I'm now confident in who I am, regardless of how much it looks yeah. like what you might see on social media or whatever it is. I just want them to, to love themselves. Yeah, agreed. So when will you allow them to have cell phones? That's a good question. And it's one I've been thinking of a lot. Um, they're still very young. They'll only be two and four uh, later this fall. So I have <laughs> I hate to tell you, it's it's going to go really, really fast. Oh, no, I feel like it already really has gone fast. too fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I think once they're in school full day, I, I feel like I'm going to want some type of way to communicate them with them. I've heard of different types of things like watches or like, you know, mommy child yes. phones. Um, yeah. I think once they're gone for the majority of the day going to school, that's going to change the whole dynamic. And I'll be ready to say, here's yeah. a way to get in touch with me if you need me. Yeah, I am. 
I'm not a big fan of social media. I have to use it for this. Um, and I'm just not, I, I, I think that little girls until they're old enough to come to their mom or manage all of the noise coming through, I, I, I just don't, I can't expose my daughter to it. So I got her an Apple watch that has a telephone number attached to it technically my watch because it's connected to my phone <clears throat> but she can call she can text but i have access to everything you know and that's really all you need i told her if that's all you need you need to be able to call or text and i need to be able to call and text and then it has a really nice feature when she's in school i can put it on school mode and when she's when I need to text her, I can remove it and send her a text and put it back on school mode when I'm done. Because I just can't imagine what would happen to her if I exposed her to all of that noise. And it, I think it's unnecessary at age ten. I think all of the what social media has to bring is unnecessary. Now the school she has her own personal email from the school and a laptop well yeah that's how she communicates with her teachers so oh wow yeah oh, so she, so because she can't use um her device while in school she just emails me during the day oh yeah it's it's <laughs> it's it, this year has been really difficult because it's fifth grade. I'm like, it's fifth grade. It's not that serious. But apparently you get to send me emails. You have your own email address. Yeah, that I have zero control of. I have zero access to. It's all yours. So, wild. yeah. So I figured out a way. She has a cell phone. I mean, she has a, an Apple Watch that allows me to call her and text her. And she can do the same. I have contacts loaded onto it so like aunts uncles daddy people she can reach in the event there's an emergency and i told her that's all you need mm -hmm. that's great mm -hmm. yeah so what um how do you feel like what would make you feel comfortable that your daughters have gained the confidence that you wanted to have. So for example, like I, I work in social services, right? I work for a nonprofit and we have, I have a lot of, I manage a large team of people and they need validation, mm -hmm. a lot of validation, a lot of validation. And it's not my natural instinct to give validation. It's just not. And I was talking to someone yesterday and I said to them, here's what I want. I really want moms to hug your children, tell them how wonderful they are, and then teach them to validate themselves. So when you wake up as a child, I'll use my 10 year old. I want you to say a prayer and say, you know, I am grateful that God gave me another day where I can do A, B, C, D. I am worthy. Whatever you need to say to learn how to validate yourself and know what your self-worth is. While I'm 
also validating your self-worth so that when you become an adult, you don't need the validation so much from other people. You are able to validate yourself. So how then do you think that you'd be able to do that for your daughters? Um, so what we do right now, and I think that's going to, it's going to, well, here's what we do now. Um, I'll answer that part first. So we do hug a lot. You know, we do a lot of that kind of thing. We validate feelings when we're feeling any which way. Um, yeah. and like, I also let them see my feelings, you know, um, I let them see me cry. I let them see me frustrated with things. And I, yeah. I kind of talk through like, you know, I had a family member pass away and I was crying and I through crying, I was saying like, I'm very sad because this, that, and the other thing, just kind of saying like, this is part of life. This is, we accept and validate our feelings. And, and so we've done that with emotions and we've also done it with when they achieve something, I, they're, they're toddlers still, but you know, they are figuring out how to do things. And so, um, we've been trying to say things like, are you proud of yourself that you did this or, you know, and trying to have them, like you yeah. said, like having them say it, um, getting in the habit of saying, yes, I am proud of that. Or, you know, oh, look what I just did. And saying like, oh, you're, you're very strong for doing that. You're very this for doing that as opposed to saying, what a yeah. good job. Like a, what a good girl. Like those are things that we, we kind of don't yeah. say, you know, good girl, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I know that I'm sure as they get older, it's going to kind of change how it manifests and how we're going to have to implement yes. that. Um, I'm hoping that we're on the right track by starting now with like validating feelings or, you know, even just when yeah. they accomplish something, kind of giving it an adjective around it that they can then say, I am proud of myself. I am very strong. I right. am very thoughtful. You know, those kinds of things. Right. What, if you could give moms three advice, three to five advice, what would you say? Three to five. Okay. Well, first of all, I would say take care of yourself. The burnout is real. It yes. is real. Yes. Um, and it, it's quick and it is sneaky. Yes. Take care of yourself. Like it. Um, I would also say communication is key with everybody in your life, um, with your partner, with your children, with extended family, with teachers, doctors, like the more you communicate, the better, because you are your child's safe space. Yes. They trust you. And if you're communicating with everybody else, there is a better chance that either your children can trust them or those people are aware of what your expectations of them are. Communicate, communicate, communicate. communicate. Um, number three, I think I would say it's nearly impossible to do all of the things. Um, there, I'm going to say it, you know, in this way, like there is a lot of noise coming from a lot of places that we have to be superhuman yeah and it just like i don't even tell my clients that oh you can do all the things if you follow this routine or you can you know like this this isn't what i am trying to teach i don't think we should be trying to and expected to do all, all the things. things yeah agreed um 
I'll go with a fourth and it's going to be play, <laughs> play with your kids, play with your spouse. You know, yeah. my husband and I have a lot of dates where we just like, we'll play, like we'll literally play categories. Like we play games because this, these are the, the simple things in life that becomes very complicated very quickly and getting yeah. down on the floor and playing with your kids, it keeps you young and you joyful. Yeah. Being able to do that with your spouse, your partner, you know, those things will keep you stronger if you're doing together. them together. Just playing together. Yeah. 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 Agreed. So. Um, <laughs> That's what I got. Do you have any questions for me? Um, I don't. <laughs> I've learned a lot through this and, um, okay. I like yeah. it. <laughs> okay. What, um, why don't you talk about your business where you can be found and all great things about you? Oh, well, thank you. Um, so as I mentioned, I'm a life coach for moms and, um, my, my business is called guided parenthood. Um, and this comes from my teaching days where it's, um, it's a way of teaching important information through personal discovery. And so that's why I went with that name because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here as a guide and you will discover everything that you need to with me as a guide. Um, but it, it takes a lot of work, uh, personal work to get there. Um, and I don't, I won't, you know, sugarcoat that. Yeah. Um, but what I do is I help moms to find joy and purpose beyond motherhood, outside of that motherhood role. I love being a mom, but it's not all that I am because I only just became a mom four years ago, you know, yeah. and I was this whole other person. And so was every mom out there, this whole other person. And so that is what my focus is. Um, a lot of that is done through self-care practices and finding ways of fitting self-care into your daily life realistically so that you can okay. kind of break through that mom guilt and still feel good like you've taken care of yourself got it okay is that it um i you can find me just on facebook um under guided parenthood um and then my website as well Okay, perfect. So I like to validate my guests at the end of the podcast. And I just want to say that you are doing amazing work. I remember when I, my daughter was three months old and my boss at the time said to me, um, I, before you got married, there was Nikki before the kid came, there was Nikki. And there is still Nikki and you have to make sure that Nikki is a priority. So um, I, I, I carry that with me now. And I had never heard that. Never. My instinct when I became a mom was simply to be a mom 100% and be the best wife ever and never really considering what I needed or that I still mattered. So I want to commend you for seeing a pathway to help moms discover that. Because had my boss not said that to me, I probably would never have known that that was even a possibility. So I want to commend you for creating a platform where moms can actually think of themselves as worthy of care 
and slowly eliminate the need for mom guilt when you're still human, you know? Mm -hmm. So I commend you for that. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. I am a little jealous because you're in New Jersey (laughs) and I'm not. (laughs) I'm in Texas. It's so funny. You asked me, is it really cold (laughs) or is it... Texas cold. It's Texas cold, <laughs> which is cold. <laughs> you know, we when we had a snowstorm like two two years ago, it was this huge thing, snowstorm, snowstorm, and I'm like, where is the snow? <laughs> or an ice storm? Like, I'm waiting. <laughs> oh my goodness! And it was it was the funniest. No, it was hilarious because everyone was like, "It's a it's an ice storm, and we can't drive." And like, are you serious? <laughs> you can't drive. There is nothing on the ground. <laughs> so I I miss New Jersey. So I'm always just happy to connect with people from home because that is home. Oh yeah. It's important to hold on to some of those roots. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. My um my high school friends and um middle school friends are still there, so I go home once a year just to get a piece of yeah. home. Oh. And New York. And New York cuz I need oh, New, York love New York also. I'm going to figure out how to get my like find my way back there. I don't know what I have to do, but I'm still working through that plan. <laughs> You know, my husband has a t-shirt that says Texas forever, Uh, just as a, just FYI, (laughs) we are here to stay. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. I'll let you get back to your kiddos and your family. Thank you so much. This was great. And I will be in touch. I appreciate this so much. This was wonderful. Thanks for listening to another episode of What I Wish My Mother Taught Me. I learned so much from each guest, and I hope that you've gained some impactful information today. Please review and subscribe to the podcast. Remember that you matter and all that you do impacts someone. Until next week, have a great week.